You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1071 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening. And thank you as always for listening to the podcast and joining us today. Uh, some backdrop here at the top of the show. Today's podcast is sort of an emergency show of sorts because the Hawks announced a transaction on Wednesday afternoon, and that was that Clint Capella agreed to and signed an extension with the team to stick around a little bit longer than he was already supposed to be doing that. We'll get into all of the details on that contract, but it's kind of a funny twist because 24 hours ago or less, I sat down to record a podcast, which has already been running in this same feed, with Zach Hood of Peachtree Hoops. Zach is a front of the podcast, of course, and we talked about two different players. It's sort of a kickoff to our player capsule series, looking back at some of the stuff from last year, looking ahead to next year, and we started that podcast series with a group of players, and basically, you know, two players, the starting center and the backup center for the Atlanta Hawks. One of which, Clint Capella, the other of which, Anjaka Kongwu, and both players, uh, I would say, are at least tangentially involved in the news of the day. So, some ironic timing there. That podcast is still very much relevant. We talk about basketball for the most part, and honestly, most of the analysis doesn't really change, but uh, definitely some interesting timing along the way. But the Hawks announced an extension for Capella. And we'll get into all of the details in a moment. It's sort of funny also because there's only a narrow window for this to actually happen. Uh, a lot of the extension focus in the offseason has been on Kevin Herter. You know, you might remember that last offseason it was John Collins that it was the will they or won't they surrounding John Collins. This summer, it's supposed to be Kevin Herter in that same position, and he is still unsigned at this moment in time. But I briefly mentioned on the podcast yesterday that Capella was extension eligible. He was not in, he was not eligible for an extension until August 22nd, and that window only ran until October 18th. So less than two months of a window to sign an extension, but only you know 10 days or so into that window, the team and the player agreed to an extension. They announced it on Wednesday afternoon, and while the team just never get into um, details, at least in public, on a release about length, duration, or uh, contract details financially, they did uh, reveal a quote from Travis Schlenk that I want to read for you guys, and we'll, we'll dive into all the analysis later on, but Travis had the following to say about Clint Capella, and I quote, Clint is one of the premier defensive rebounding big men in the in, in the league. His presence in the paint and voice on defense had a tremendous impact on our success last season. He is a great teammate who leads by example, and we are excited to leave, have him as a part of our team long term. End quote. So we'll get into all the basketball stuff with Capella as uh, sort of in addition to yesterday's podcast, which again is still relevant with myself and Zach. I encourage you to listen to that podcast for sure. But we'll talk about that, the details of the financial stuff, the salary cap, uh, fallout for a Kongwu, etc. All of that stuff is coming up momentarily on the podcast. But first, a word from our sponsors, and the first of which is Sweatblock. There are a few things in life that just are not any fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. It's not fun for anyone to sweat through their shirt for no reason. I'm sure we've all dealt with this at some point in time, and while there are definitely bigger problems in the world, it can certainly feel like a big deal when it happens in the moment. And that's why you should check out Sweatblock and iPerspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You can simply apply it at night before you go to bed, and then after you go to bed, the next morning you can wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying at all about sweat. Guaranteed. Sweatblock is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. There is also, by the way, a dry shirt guarantee, and if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. 
It's manufactured in the USA. It's what block has a bestseller on Amazon and other places for the past decade. I know it might sound too good to be true, but it absolutely works. You can wear what you want to wear with confidence, and it really is an absolute must-have. If you or someone you know and love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock right now. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or check it out at a CVS near you right now. One more time, that is promo code locked on at sweatblock.com for 20% off. Promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by DirecTV. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite TV shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all of the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like they've never been before. You can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So you can get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, and we'll dive in now to all the machinations with regards to Capella's extension. And I will say, even though I mentioned that Capella was extension eligible on yesterday's podcast, I was not expecting this to happen on Wednesday. So it's, I would say it's a little bit of a surprise to me. I wasn't shocked by it necessarily, um, but I will say sort of at the top here to get this out of the way and we'll come back to it, that it's a good move for the Hawks. I think this is a good value for Atlanta. They lock up a player that I think is a top 50 guy in the league to a reasonable contract. Um, there is some fallout and some stuff to discuss with regard to the future at center with Akongwu and Capella, etc. But Broadly speaking, this is a good value deal. Um, I would say market value, maybe even a little bit less than market value for Capella, a guy who's still in his prime, and I think he was tremendous last season for the Hawks. So uh, capitalizing on that both for the team and also for Capella, locking him some more security, you know, 40-plus guaranteed million dollars is nothing to sneeze at for a guy, um, even as a veteran who's made a bunch of money in his career. So uh, good stuff all around on both sides here. We'll dive into all of what transpired on Wednesday. So it was originally reported by Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN as a two-year extension for $46 million. Um, from there, we now know a little bit more on the money side, at least that's been reported to this point. Both Chris Kircher of The Athletic and Sarah Spencer of the AJC reported a $42 million extension plus incentives. And currently, on the contract that Capella has had before this, uh, he had about $2 million in both unlikely and likely incentives on, on, on his contract. So that sort of lines up with that. Uh, if it's $2 million annually on that, that would explain the difference between $42 and $46 million. Um, Mike Scotto of Hoops Hype then reported it was a $46.9 million extension, but also that that included the $4 million in incentives. So that sort of keeps the structure in place and also is a little bit more money off the top for Capella. The Bobby Marks of ESPN, who is their cap guru, reported more specifically um, the structure that he is aware of at this point in time. I will be candid and say that I have not seen this either from the Players Association side or um, or the team side, anything like that. The Hawks do not confirm numbers. Um, I'm going to trust what Bobby has here. It makes a lot of sense to me intuitively when, when I sort of lay it out. So I am still saying reportedly on all of this stuff, even though the deal's been announced. Keep that in mind throughout the, throughout this entire thing. But Bobby reports that it will be a $20.6 million cap number for the 23-24 season for Capella, that's year three now of his, uh, what was now basically a four-year deal, a two-year deal plus a two-year extension. And then the final year, a $22.3 million cap number for the 24-25 season with the Hawks. Now, those numbers include the bonuses. In the previous deal, those bonuses for Capella, was it was $1 million for a conference finals appearance for the team, 
$500,000 for reaching an incentive with defensive rebound rate, and another $500,000 for a free throw rate incentive. The previous numbers in the deal with uh, first time by Houston, and then of course Atlanta traded for that. Um, free throw line stuff, it was 65% line, which he's never hit. So that, that one's considered to be unlikely. He's never shot that in his entire career. So it's still in the contract, but it's uh, right now an unlikely incentive, um, at least in terms of the way it's been described in the contract. And the defensive rebounding rate incentive is a 30% defensive rebound rate. Last year, he surpassed that pretty comfortably. Actually led, led the league in defensive rebound rate last year at almost 35%. So he would have uh, gotten that last year plus the conference finals bonus. So Capella made a bunch of money at the end of last season um, that was uh, built into his contract via incentive. So that's where we know right now, um, plus the two years that he already has. He could have started, by the way, on an extension as high as $21.8 million next year because he was allowed to go up by 120%, but they're starting a little bit lower than that. That is, This is not the highest number that he possibly could have gotten on an extension. That's it's worth pointing out. Um, not including the bonuses, he is already due $17.1 million for the coming season and then $18.2 million for 22-23. So if you add in the rest of that, um, the guaranteed money number, about $42.9 million. Capella is now locked in for at least $78 million guaranteed over the next four seasons plus incentives. So that's a lot of money, obviously. It's still market rate, though, because if you factor in the kind of, the kind of player Capella has been, he was more than worthy of that uh, last season. Even previously in, in Houston, I think he's been worth more than that as well. Um if the numbers are reported accurately, by the way, that's an 8% raise from the third year to the fourth year or the first new year to the second new year of his contract. If that's true, he's actually ineligible to be traded now for six months. I think that, practically speaking, doesn't really matter because um, I can't see them trading him in the next six months. But keep that in mind. Um, you know, Practically, he's not allowed now to be traded if that, if the, if that reporting is correct for six months at, from today. So basically, because it's September 1st, it's sort of a uh, nice round number. He couldn't be traded um, for six months, which takes you actually, I think, past the deadline. So I'm not even sure he can be traded this season, basically, if this uh, reporting is correct. Um, we'll get into all the other stuff in terms of the uh, you know role stuff and the future of the salary cap and uh, much, much more. But that's sort of the nuts and bolts of the contract. I know all the salary cap folks um, might enjoy this stuff. Or if you're not sort of a huge numbers guy, I apologize. We'll get into some basketball stuff in a moment. But there is a lot of on-court um, sort of roster fallout and uh, I would say planning for the future kind of stuff that we'll get into momentarily. But first, a word from our sponsors on the show, and the first of which is Built Bar. With Built Bar, there are so many delicious flavors that there's always something for everyone, and honestly, it's difficult to pick just one. If you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites, but for me, I have more than one, quite frankly. If you don't know all the Built Bar flavors at this point in time, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, they have cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, German chocolate, and my personal favorite has to be cookies and cream. It's been that way for a long time, but even with my affection for cookies and cream, there are other options that are honestly just about as good and really they're fantastic for everyone that enjoys Built Bar. In addition to being extremely tasty and Built Bar is extremely tasty, they're also very, very healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calorie range is 130 to 180. They only have four or five grams of sugar and they only have four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all the way across the board. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. If you order today, they get the grass popper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. And if you go to built.com and use the promo code locked on, 15% off your order with Built Bar. Use the promo code locked on, 15% off at built.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by betonline.ag. 
Basketball is always the centerpiece of this podcast, but it's that time of the year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams across the country are getting back on the gridiron to start the 2021 season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the professional and college football action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline.ag. Head to the website immediately or use your mobile device sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus with the site. Be sure to take full advantage of the opening day Super Promo. If you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, if you lose, your wage will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when you sign up and use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. In addition to football and basketball, they have baseball and golf, tennis, MMA, boxing, auto racing, everything that you're looking for. You can find it all in one place at betonline.ag. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we'll start with the salary cap stuff now. And I will say this, there's lots of interesting factors for planning purposes. You know, one of the takeaways that I was seeing was that the Hawks are, you know, spending big and ignoring the luxury tax and all this stuff. And some of that could be true, but the way this lines up is pretty interesting for the Hawks. I think pretty interesting in a positive way. Because the extension does not begin until Gallinari is already off the books. Um, plus, Capella is currently making a similar figure. Obviously, he's been making a little bit more in the last two years. But they already kind of had that salary slot in place. And then Gallinari comes off the books. The first year of Capella's extension would actually be in Bogdanovich's final season under contract. And that's actually a player option for him. So he could opt out and uh, hit the market if he'd like to. So that's uh, worth pointing out as well. The one thing that I will say, though is that for the 23-24 season, which is the first year of the extension for Capella, they currently have about $95, $96 million committed to four guys. That is Trey Young, John Collins, and then Capella and Bogdanovich. That does not include anything for Kevin Herter. That does not include anything for Okongwu, which right now is in line for about $8 million. And that would also be the first year of an extension for either Hunter or Reddish. So it's going to be expensive. If all those guys are on the team uh, in three years, basically, from now in the 23-24 season... It's going to be an expensive team, and that's not a problem for me. I think it shouldn't be a problem for Hawks fans. You would definitely want that um, those guys to stick around and Tony Russell to spend up. But that is worth pointing out. It's a lot of money for these guys, even if they're all on reasonable contracts. So without going deep into the sort of into the weeds with the salary cap stuff for three years from now, the Hawks are going to be expensive. Now, this does sort of lock in another salary slot for a couple of years longer. That does matter. I think that, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again one more time now, the Hawks should be trying to compete for a title, and if you're a fan, you should not be worried about Tony Russler's pocketbook. Um, hopefully, Russler will spend comfortably in the tax. Um, somebody, asked, somebody asked me this today, so I went and found it. Um, the Hawks have only been in the, in the luxury tax twice in their entire tenure as a franchise since the luxury tax came into play, and one of those times was just barely. Ironically, um, the team that actually went the first end of the tax was in 2002-2003, um, also known as the playoff guarantee season for longtime Hawks fans. They won 35 games that year, and they were $4 million almost into the luxury tax. So they were a bad team in the luxury tax. Since then, only one time have they been over the tax line, and they were less than a million. Actually, less than 700000 over the tax in 2011-2012. That was a very, very good team with Al Horford and Josh Smith and Joe Johnson, Jeff T, Kirk Heinrich, uh, T-Mac on that team, Marvin Williams, Zaza. Um, they, they sort of... Um, breezed over it just slightly. So there's not a huge uh, backdrop for this team going into the tax. Now, uh, since you know, the, since the Atlanta Spirit Group was around, uh, obviously wrestler looks uh, even better because those, that ownership group was a disaster. 
with that said, uh, it would be new ground if the Hawks were to go way into the end of the tax. And obviously you're hoping that they've won a title or that they're competing for a title at, this, at that point in time. So keep that all in mind. Um, I don't think this, the, 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 the Capel move definitely makes them definitely, definitely, definitely go way into the tax. I think it projects them to go into the tax in the future. And I'm not bothered by that. Um, I think that it's definitely a good sign, a positive sign for team spending that they were willing to do this two years ahead of time for Capella. Um, you know, in, in the end, they did secure a guy who I think is a top 50 guy in the entire league uh, for two more seasons of team control. And they did it at a pretty good price for, even if, even with his age getting a little bit up there by the end of this thing, he'll be 31 at the end of the contract. Um, that's not over the hill for a, you know, a center. And I think that is totally fine overall. So that's broad strokes. And I think just that's sort of the bottom line of this deal. If you want to ignore the money aspect, getting a guy that's a quality player and keeping around for two more years, not a bad thing. Now on the basketball side, I uh, first do want to encourage everybody one more time to check out the conversation that I had with Zach yesterday. It's like 40 minutes of Capella and Kongu talk, so I'm not going to do, do that whole thing again now. We did not talk about the extension stuff or the contract stuff too, too much, but there was a little bit of crossover on the future at center that Zach and I talked about. I'll replicate some of that here, but I'll just say this to start with. Capella was vastly underpaid last season when taking his, into account what he was able to do on the floor. He was that good. He leveling rebounding, of course. He was number one in offensive rebounding, number one defensive rebounding, uh, number three in block shots in the league. The Hawks were basically a top five defense when he was on the floor um, at all times last year, which is excellent. He was number six in defensive player of the, of the year voting, and I think that was actually too low. I think he should have been higher than that, which tells you all that you need to know about the impact that he had defensively. And then offensively, he's effective in the pick and roll. He's good for Trey Young as a partner there in addition to John Collins, so that Trey always has someone awesome on the floor with him as a pick and roll partner. Um, has, he has real gravity as a dive man. He was top 10 in field goal percentage last year, and that was actually a little bit down from his previous stuff in Houston. But he's still quite efficient around the rim. He had three 2020 games last year and actually led the league in 15-15 games. We had 18 different games where he 15 and 15, even in a shortened season. So, you know, he's not, like, obscenely durable. He's still in his prime, though, age-wise. Had the best season of his career, in my opinion, last year. So, you're locking him him for the money that you would assign for like an above average starter, and honestly, he's better than that right now. Um, this is only one projection model. I want to stress that I'm not saying this is gospel by any means, but 538 recently updated their Raptor model projections for the future across the entire league, and uh, that's player by player. And that model projects Capella to be worth 117.5 million dollars the next four seasons. Um, he'll make about two thirds of that. Obviously, we talked about this earlier. He's only locked in for 78. $79 million guaranteed. So that's about two-thirds of what he's actually, quote-unquote, projected to be worth by 538. Um, just for the record, that projection model has him worth about $32 million next year, 32 ish the next year after that, then 28 and then 25 And the extension would have just been for uh, those last two years, of course, and they haven't projected for $53.5 million in, the, in year three and year four, which is, of course, uh, well above what he actually just signed for with the Hawks. So, you know, that's only one metric again, but I think that's, that tells you that, you know, Capella, if he's able to maintain even like 90%, 80% of his recent play from last year, he is worth this extension. Um, even Especially when you factor in the salary cap rising, as it's probably going to be in the next few years, um, that deal looks better and better, provided that he's able to retain his value. So, um, on the Okongwu front, this is sort of the other thing that was being talked about by Hawks fans a lot, and naturally so. Anytime you draft a guy in, you know, in the top six, um, you know, less than two years ago at this point in time, Actually, less than a year ago at this point in time because the draft was so late last year. Um, 
one of the natural things to discuss is what happens there with the Kongwu. Uh, just for the record, no no issues there with those two guys. Capella and Kongwu are actually working out together. Capella shared some video on Instagram with those two guys working out today on Wednesday. So they are close. They've been uh, getting along and working out together. Um, beyond that, though, when I mentioned the extension possibility for Capella, I did say that I didn't necessarily foresee that happening because of a Kongwu, at least in part. And Okongwu is going to be out for half the season or more next year, which definitely matters in the short term. I don't think the plan when the Hawks traded for Capella and then drafted Okongwu at six was to have Capella sign an extension, but he also was awesome this year. And again, as I said at the top of the podcast, I have no issue with this extension at all. I think that it's perfectly solid value for a guy who's really good. And at worst, it also makes Capella more tradable if they want to do that. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but that was one of the questions that I got on Twitter was like, does this actually help his trade value? And really, the answer, I think, is yes, provided that he's playing at a good level. Um, you know, they were, they were not going to trade him this year. I think we all knew that. I said as much because they're just, he's too good, he's too valuable to them, and they're trying to win the title this season. So that wasn't ever going to happen. And when you factor that in, he would have been expiring next year. And, you know, there's still value to be had from that. If they want to trade for him, they wanted to trade him a year from now. But he probably has more trade value and more value around the league on this contract than he would have as a pending free agent in the summer of 23. So that's worth pointing out. Also, it's not the best possible news for a Kongwu in Atlanta. I don't think it's like a disaster for a Kongwu um, or anything like that. Um, but if you view it through just the lens of him playing for the Hawks and starring for the Hawks in the future, not the best possible news probably. The Hawks could still, by the way, prioritize him long-term. I think he's going to be a good player. I've liked him for a long time. Capello, though, is very, very good and clearly part of the team right now for the next few years under contract. And Capella's better than Kongwu right now. He's older, he's more established, and Kongwu was injured and all that stuff. Um, I do think that long-term... It doesn't make a ton of sense to have both guys on the roster, um, particularly if Akongwu is becoming the player that they think he's going to be, that I think he's going to be, frankly, um, just because they can't really play together. And even though there is um, a role for Akongwu, even when he comes back this year, there's probably like a 15-minute-a-game role. Eventually, you're hoping he's too good for that role. Um, you know, A year from now, 18 months from now, you're hoping that Akongwu is just too good to be a backup. And that becomes a good problem, but also one that has to be probably solved with a move of some kind. So... This deal, I will just I will say this sort of in contrast to what I just said, this extension doesn't really change anything in terms of taking anything off the table for the Hawks. They can still move on from Capella if they want to in a year, if, as long as he's playing well. I think it's a good value contract that could be moved in an instant. They could also, on the flip side, trade a Kongwu. Um, if they wanted to do that, you know, I think that the only reason to trade a Kongwu in the near future would be as part of one of those, you know, famous consolidation trades for a Bradley Beal type, for a star type that comes available. Um, but aside from that, I think you hang on to a Kongwu for now and see what happens. But I think stuff's still on the table if they want to do that. I just think my only real, like, not even a hot take is like two years from now, I'd be surprised if both Capella and a Kongwu were on the team. But that's not the fault of anybody. It's just, it's honestly that I like both of them's guys a lot. Capella now has a real contract. And then I think a is going to be good. And that's an, that's an endorsement. If he's just a backup center, they can keep him around and make a decision later on. But I think he's going to hopefully force their hand to some degree, um, either on, you know, trading him for value or trading Capella or something like that. So um, in terms of urgency, there's nothing urgent on, on my end at this point in time. Um, in particular, because a going to be out for a while and within the next 12 months, there's not really anything that they have to do. I think there probably is a point where they have to choose because Kongwu is going to be making decent money at some point. He's a top pick, etc. 
But in the end, you could argue that this actually pushes any definite decision back even more because of the fact that Capella won't be hitting free agency and there's less of a clock on making a decision on one guy or the other at this point in time. Really, the only risk on this contract, in my view, is that it's just because you're taking on, um, you know, the team probably is taking on some risk because it's two years in advance. So Capella got hurt or trailed off suddenly, as guys sometimes do, I think occasionally do. Um, that'd be the only risk on the team side because you know you don't have to give an extension two years two years in advance. Um, usually, you only want to do that if you're getting a team friendly contract. I think this is definitely uh, you know friendly ish for the Hawks, but it's not this like incredible heist. So there is a little bit of risk there. I have to say that just to acknowledge it. But I think that's not likely to happen. There's always some risk on an extension um, two years two year two years in advance. But on the flip side. I think it's very possible Capella would have played very well the next two seasons and hit the market and gotten a lot more than this, um, particularly with the cap going up. If he plays the way he did last year, he is worth more than this. Um, that's not a given by any means, but that's sort of the trade-off is that if he is even 95% of the guy that he was last year for the next two seasons, he would have gotten more on the market, I think. Um, so that's potentially a bargain um, through that lens for the Hawks. So I do understand that people that may not love Capella or that people that are absolutely in love with the Kongwu may not love this extension. But again, Capella was their second most valuable player last season. Uh, that doesn't mean he, that he will be again necessarily, but I think very strongly he was number two on that list because of the way that he built their defense. He transformed them defensively last year. It wasn't just him. There are other guys too. You know, Collins was good defensively, um, you know, having Hunter around early in the season, etc. But Capella was the linchpin of their defense, and that jump defensively really helped them both in their run late in the regular season and also in the playoff run. Um, with that said, you know, they, they don't make that jump without him. That's uh, possible. And I'm still an Okongwu supporter. I think I've been higher on him than most throughout the entire process. And I'm still not bothered by this because Capella is really good and it helps the team. You know, in, in the short term, nothing changes. He was already under contract. The contract still will be the same for this year. But rewarding him for that play last year, providing some stability for the organization, even flexibility if they want to, you know, trade guys, etc. I think it's a good thing overall. So hopefully that breaks down every angle of this. Well, I'm sure there's something that I have missed talking about in the future, but you know this can be an expensive team, but that's not that's not the worst thing in the world. That means you have a lot of good players. Uh, they now have their core, uh, you know, even more locked up for the future. You know, two years from now, the only guy the only guy on the current core that's not under contract basically is Kevin Herter, and even then, he I think he's going to be around at that point in time as a restricted free agent. So they have all kinds of. Uh, I would say stability moving forward. There are some questions still. Uh, you know, what do you do with Hunter long term? If he earns his way into a huge contract, what do you do with Reddish, Herder's extension, Kongwu, all that stuff? That's going to happen in the in the future. But they got four guys locked up now to you know big contracts, but also all total values with uh, Young, Collins, Bogdanovich, and Capella. That's a heck of a foursome. That's a you know high end high end playoff caliber foursome on its own. Then you throw in all the young guys, and you're in a great situation. Okay. That's going to do it for today's podcast and sort of this emergency show on a Wednesday evening into Thursday. Please subscribe to the show via the platform of your choice, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey app, uh, Stitcher, any of those places. If you cannot find the podcast on your platform of choice, let me know that at BT Roland. Also, follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Hawks, where we have now been reinstated after a weird suspension for about a month on that uh, on that channel. So that's now back in business. If you want to follow that on Twitter at Locked on Hawks, go ahead and do that now. Uh, next podcast will either be um, on Friday or maybe not until Monday, but I promise we'll be back. So follow the show on Twitter to get all the updates. And please, please, please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time.